Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me talking about the Michigan football team's 59-18 to win over Maryland. We'll talk a little bit about the game, but really we'll talk about kind of the stage that Michigan's win set. It was a TCB game. All Michigan had to do was take care of business. And they did. They won by 41. That's that's a lot of points no matter no matter what Big 10 team you're playing. I mean, Maryland they're they're 5 and 6. They're not they've lost to every good team they've played this season by at least 17 points, but they've also had shown the tendency to hang around. And so Steve, we're not going to dig into the nitty-gritty details of all of this game. I mean, there, there there were some things that stand out and I'm curious for you if there was one thing you saw today that maybe is a, is a development that you're definitely keeping an eye on ahead of Michigan's contest against Ohio state, which is what we'll probably spend much of this episode talking about uh, what, what's maybe one, if there's a second one, that's fine too. But uh, one thing that you're thinking about extra from this game uh, that, that maybe you're like kind of circling or, or surprised you in a way that you're like, okay, uh, that, that was more than just, getting through the game. That was something that that's actually relevant heading into next week. I mean, am I going to go the obvious one? Uh, this Donovan Edwards in the passing game thing. Holy could, cow. <laughs> could really be, you know, I wrote, I did a, already did my initial thoughts for next Saturday's game tonight on the site. And uh, that's a wrinkle. That's a thing that really could, could be, could, there could be a that that could be a thing next weekend. You know, Ohio State. I think their linebackers are susceptible in the passing game. Uh, it it really, you know, what, what I like about where Michigan's offense is is there. There's just a lot of different ways I feel like that they can attack, and and this is a totally new one. Uh, you know, I mean Edwards sort of almost looked like a wide receiver out there, uh, obviously coming out of the backfield. I think they split him a couple times, but either way, you know, really had a, I actually, if I, I got to look, I'm going to look while I'm talking about this, but you know, Edwards is a guy obviously highly rated. We talked about him coming into the game as a guy that maybe we wanted to see up. Okay. So Alan Trew, I want to give Alan some props here, compared him to Elvin Kamara coming out of high school. That's and right. That, I mean, if that didn't look like uh, Elvin Kamara type performance, I mean, yeah, he didn't carry the ball as much, but just as far as that ability to be an asset in the passing game, you know, then I don't know what, you know, what you, what else you'd want to see. So uh, major props to Allen for calling that out a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, I think you add that to the mix again, Schoonmaker, another touchdown looks like an asset in the passing game. Uh, they didn't even have Blake Corum today. So Feels like Michigan is capable of hitting you at all three levels, you know, in the passing game. So, of course, we know we're gonna they're gonna try to establish the running game with Haskins, and and you know that'll help open things up. But really, I mean, to see Donovan Edwards just having a young guy at that talent level, really, even whether it was running or 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 receiving the ball, uh, emerge this late in the season, a guy with that level of talent. I mean, that that's you know, that's a big weapon to just kind of have at your disposal now all of a sudden. It is, it is. And, and I won't, I don't have too much else to add about Edwards. I mean, it was, um, 
it, I thought it was relevant. Jim Harbaugh, after the game in the press conference, he told us uh, he doesn't he doesn't do the hyperbolic statements, but he thinks that this game, which set a record for um, most receiving yards by running back in Michigan football history, I believe it might have also set a record for most single game receiving yards by a freshman in Michigan history. If that's wrong, I, I apologize. It's it's in the top uh, 18 all time for single game performances for Michigan receivers. And Harbaugh said, this will be just a blip in his career. Uh, he's destined for great things. And so, you know, it's, you know, I think that the, the fan perspective, I, I don't know if fans are actually saying this, but my, my first thought is like, are fans going to turn this into a negative that they, that they revealed the Donovan Edwards part too early. Although I will say before the game, I think I even said on the podcast, um, it's probably more advantageous for them to show new stuff right now than like try to catch Ohio state by surprise because now Ohio state has to spend time watching film on watching extra film on Edwards. Because as you said, that, that is a, a wrinkle that might be able to hit Ohio state in a soft spot. You know, that is something that I don't think very many teams that they faced this year were capable of doing. And so I think that's, that's very, uh, in addition to, you know, being a, just a good performance, I do think it is intriguing moving forward. Uh, also, the, the passing game in general, I thought, looked, looked really sharp. I know there were a couple drops early that probably fans uh, stick with fans a little bit more. But ultimately, uh, I thought there was a lot better separation created, you know, not just Edwards, but, but also I thought the receivers downfield. And then the, and then the actual on-ball plays of you know, Andrew Anthony. I thought Roman Wilson had a couple nice plays. Mike Sainer still uh, one of the better touchdown catches I can remember off the top of my head in the last 15 years for Michigan. So that's important because I think, I think that that has not always been there this season. I think that they have had receivers that, that just kind of struggled with the, the make plays part of their jobs. You know, if they're open, that's one thing, but, but getting open and, and winning contested passes uh, were two things that I, I don't think were always there this season. But I, I think this passing game has actually gotten better week by week uh, throughout the season. I mean, it's, it's impressive to watch. And I think, I think there were a lot of people were super down on the passing game early on in the season, but now I'm almost ready to call it a strength. So I, that's, you know, in addition to Edwards, that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Steve, on defense, I, I think the the downside, I guess, is that they didn't they didn't get a sack. They they did struggle at times with uh, Talia Tagovailoa just in his mobility. They they struggled. He extended plays. He actually had some really nice runs too, instead of not just escaping sacks. And and one thing that I'm keeping an eye on is I I think Maryland, though they didn't pass super efficiently in the game there were some open receivers and, and they just, there were either drops or the ball was thrown too high. If there's one thing that maybe I'm, I'm still, I mean, obviously Ohio state is going to pass the ball better than anybody at this point. Uh, I only watched about a quarter and a half of the Michigan state Ohio state game. Cause we had to travel to the game, but I think I saw enough. I think I did. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I saw what I needed to see to, to understand what that game was about. What, what's your assessment of the defense? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard for me to tell because the first half I thought they, they did a really nice job, but I think Maryland kind of uh, stepped on their own toes a little bit. And, and some of those passing plays, I, I can't help but wonder if even though the numbers overall numbers look good, maybe that's still uh, a significant concern area. I thought DJ Turner had another nice game, which is, which is important, but, but what were your thoughts on Michigan's defense in this game? Did, did any, any of this change your impression of how Michigan's defense will fare in this matchup? Uh, I thought Maryland, you know, Maryland's rushing attack has been not, has not been very good this year. I thought they maybe had a little bit more success in between the tackles. And I thought they would, you know, I, I do. Yeah, Maryland definitely. They went way above their average. I think they're averaging about 109 rushing yards they per game this season. 180. 
and they average, I think, 3.7 yards per carry, and they had 4.1. So right. that's that's a good observation. So the 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 thing is, like, we don't know how vanilla Michigan decided to go. I, I feel like there have been a handful of games this year where they've they've just kind of they realize they can they can win by just whether it just be out out talenting the other team. I know that's not even a word, but you don't, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, and, and here's the other thing too, just to talk about Ohio state, Michigan, state. Michigan state's pass defense sucks. Uh, I, it, it was a foregone conclusion that Ohio state was going to be able to throw the football all over the field today. Uh, really was a question of could Michigan state's offense do anything to keep them close. I, I, I don't know if I'm looking at, Michigan State or the game today as some kind of barometer for how next weekend uh, is going to go uh, necessarily. But for Michigan defensively, the other thing and and whatever is, can they get a freaking holding call? I mean, it is insane how often, particularly Hutchinson, Ojabo, as you would expect. Uh, I mean, Ojabo had to get basically completely tackled to the ground to get to draw a flag today. And and the the referee who was standing right in front of him and watched it wasn't even the one who threw the flag. Uh, I only say this because you go into next week, that's how Michigan is going to have success against Ohio state. It it is imperative. I mean, it's always, it's always necessary to get pressure on the opposing quarterback, but it is, it is paramount. Uh, if they do not next week, then they are in huge trouble. And so, you know, I, I the fact they didn't have any sacks, I, I or what did they end up with a couple, right? I mean, TJ guy looked pretty good in, in uh, finishing up time or whatever. But oh yeah, they did have two sacks. They had a couple end. sacks, right? Yeah. I know, yeah, but but none in like the main part, of the main chunk of the game, and neither Ojabo or Hutchinson had one. You know. I'd just be interested to see how that all goes next week because uh, they were definitely getting they were getting off the ball quickly. It just Tagovailoa though, yes, like you said, to his credit, very good at stepping up in the pocket, very good at, at kind of creating a little bit. He he missed some throws. I think he'd want back. I know they missed at least one touchdown pass um, in the end zone. Maybe two passes in a row. I think to the same guy. Um, yep, but. Overall, I mean, like I said, I, it's just always hard to say. It's like you, I don't know if Michigan goes from shutting down maybe the one of the best receivers in the country in Jahan Dotson to not knowing how to cover guys for stretches and the quarterback just missing them. I feel like I just kind of wonder, you know, this is stuff we're not privy to is kind of what the game plan really was and how much Michigan was really actually trying to show because uh, it just felt like I think if they thought they could win up front and – thought they could win man like mono mono type deal. Didn't really have to do anything fancy to, you know, kind of force some three and outs, force some mistakes from Maryland. Yeah. It's all, it, it, it's all fair points. And I'm not really asserting one way or another. It was just, it was just something I was wondering because I think the one difference between Michigan's assignment against Penn state and Michigan's assignment against Maryland and Ohio state is the athleticism at quarterback. I know, I know Clifford had a couple nice runs, but, but Michigan's game plan was really go hit Clifford before he can throw to dots in a lot, in a lot of ways. I mean, and, and, and it, and it worked. I mean, he was, you know, Clifford was beat up in that game and, and it, you know, Talia Tagovailoa, he was able to escape some of that go beat him up. And I, I imagine Stroud, uh, he's not Justin Fields, but I imagine he'll also be able to, extend plays evade pressure a little bit so steve we saw both teams play today both put up major points one obviously did so against the top 10 team uh the other was playing maryland does today make you more or less confident in michigan's chances going into next saturday the, the stakes they speak for themselves this is a these are stories that write themselves that the winner will win the big 10 East. It will be, has the potential to be a top five matchup, which in that case, it would be Michigan's first top five matchup at home in 18 years. 
uh, which is absolutely insane. It's their first time facing Ohio State at home with zero, one or zero, zero or one losses since 1997. I mean, the stage could not be bigger. Did today increase, decrease, or do nothing for your confidence in Michigan's ability to win? Because, you know, you can say, you're you're right. I think we all could have predicted Ohio State was going to have a productive day passing. I think you and I both are on the same page that uh, Michigan probably matches up against Ohio State better than Michigan State does in terms of each team's strengths and weaknesses. And, and kind of the, the, I think Michigan's breadth of offensive talent instead of having one guy who dominates, I think is another factor. But I didn't, I didn't see 56 to seven coming. I didn't see 49 nothing at the half coming. So did today, both games combined, increase, decrease, or do nothing to change your confidence in Michigan, Michigan's chances of winning? I don't think either of us are predicting Michigan to win, but did it change your confidence at all? Uh, maybe a smidge, you know, it's all, all you were, it was about, you know, Ohio state making a statement. Uh, I think Michigan scoring all in all three phases of the game and winning by 41 points on the road. I know Maryland's middle of the road, big 10 team, but um, it's not as if, you know, they didn't impress uh, in a big way. You know, like I said, I mean, the thing that impressed me most about Michigan, mostly on the offensive side is just how many ways it feels like they can attack now. You know, and I think that bodes well against, uh, I think I said last week, Ohio State, this will not be the best defense Michigan has faced this year. They've probably faced two defenses for sure in in Wisconsin and Penn State that have statistically been better. Uh, So, you know, I I, think that's fair. Right. And I I, so I think, you know, there's reason to believe Michigan can can move the football and, and can score in this game, you know, with Ohio State. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think the, 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 just the raw score and the way they came out, but not even remote. If I, if I'm, if I'm a Michigan fan coming out of that game, I'm more pissed that they lost to Michigan state. Cause I just did not think Michigan state's a top 10 team. I think Michigan gave that game away. Um, Ohio state exposed Michigan state more than they did. Like, I, w- I don't want to say they exposed them more than they impressed me because Ohio state just always is impressive though. Like that in those situations. I mean, they're just, they have three first round picks at receiver. They have a future first round pick at running back. We'll see what Stroud's future ends up being. You know, the Petit Frere is a first round pick at offensive line. I mean, that you sort of expect them to do that a few times a year, you know. And uh, so I think, I think maybe it, I don't know, maybe not much different, I guess. Cause like it's, I think, like you said, and, and I don't think anything's going to change my thing, my thinking uh, heading into Saturday, I expect to pick Ohio state to win, but I I really do think this is Michigan's best shot to win since. Well, I mean, I guess we thought they had a good shot in 18, um, but this is, you know, the big, the the one thing, I think the one thing you mentioned was this is Michigan's first top five matchup at home in in 18 years. Uh, Every big game between these two teams in recent memory has been in Columbus, you know, and, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if a home field advantage can, can really matter and, and maybe give Michigan a little bit of a boost, uh, you know, that, that, that really in these big, big games between the two teams, they, they've not had that opportunity. So um, some slight things I really, you know, really like what Michigan did today. I don't think, I think it's going to get kind of brushed aside compared to what Ohio state did, uh, but Michigan's just very well-rounded, you know, and, and I guess the one thought I continue to have is if, if Penn State and Nebraska can keep Ohio State within a score, then there's zero reason why Michigan cannot do the same thing next Saturday. So, um, you know, this this weekend's performance from Ohio State aside, I just think Michigan, I think Ohio State was the absolute worst matchup for Michigan State. And it showed uh, immediately. You know, I just I just do. Like you said, I think Michigan's a better, a little bit better of a matchup for them. Uh, really on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, Mi- Kenneth Walker really never got a chance to get going today because Michigan state was down. Like, I think I left the, I think they scored, like I left the room and came back and they had scored like three times yeah. consecutively <laughs> leaving the room, you know, and it's obviously you're not going to re- be able to run the football much when you're down by four touchdowns. So, you know, in a way it, it, it was such a blowout so early that it was like really hard to kind of 
learn a ton. You know, it was just really, it was uh, guys running free for Ohio state and, and, uh, but I, I, okay, let me, I'll go, I'm going to go on a little bit on this. So, and I said, I said this on my, on my piece, but I don't know if CJ Stroud was touched today. You mentioned him being able to maybe maneuver and create plays. He has four rushing yards this year on 22 carries. He is not a, he's really not even a Sean Clifford, at least statistically. You know, it, it really is Ohio State's offensive line that I think is this, is always been the straw that stirs the drink. They don't ever really get the, uh, accolades like, or the, it's always, you know, the whole telecast today was just, um, ooing and eyeing about Olave and Wilson and Smith and Jigba and, and, and Henderson and Stroud when he is just sitting back there in the pocket, allowing these elite athletes, the amount of time they need to get open. Uh, it really does start up front with them. And I, I really think that's, you know, if Michigan's going to have any success, it's, it's got to start absolutely has to start up front, whether it's stopping the run or, or at least getting some pressure. Cause I, I think go back to the Nebraska game for Ohio state, Nebraska did a really good job of like forcing Stroud into making some really tough throws. He see, that's the one thing is he, he's not Justin Fields. In my opinion is like, I, I do feel like if Michigan can get pressure, I think they can create some turnovers. Um, you know, I think that's one big difference between Ohio state with fields and, really maybe even Haskins um, is that Stroud, I still think is very prone to turning the ball over. If you can get some pressure on him and make him, uh, you know, just, just knock his rhythm just a little bit, you know? So yeah, long winded there, but, but really uh, been watching a lot of Ohio state this year, more way more than I normally have. And uh, you know, maybe didn't change much just because both teams kind of blew their opponent out. And, and, you know, if anything, what Michigan did was just a little bit different than what they normally do. You know, that's what Ohio state does. They have three elite receivers. They're always fine. They're always able to get them the ball. They score touchdowns, Michigan, you know, I know the Haskins, what 80, 80 yards or so. I mean, wasn't super, super effective, uh, but you have a running back coming out of the backfield, making them making big plays. You had your receivers really stepping up and making big plays in the red zone. You know, it was like with for Michigan, maybe it's just a little bit of a different method or, or a different way of uh, putting their points up on the board than, like what I said with Ohio State, it's it's usually quarterback to five star receiver, uh, lather, rinse, repeat all game. So we'll see. Yeah, I I'm with you. I think my confidence in Michigan, which I I, I will preface and say was already extremely low, uh, so I couldn't decrease a ton. It's unchanged, and that's that's a compliment to Michigan because I I, I was I had the same experience you did. I, I think um, we, Newkirk and I we were in the hotel, and he he took a shower because we had to you know head to the game, and I was like, oh yeah, they scored two touchdowns while while you were showering, and then uh, we saw them score a touchdown, and then I went and showered, and it's like, oh, they score again. He was like, yeah, they did, and I was like, oh, are you? Oh, you're serious. <laughs> so it was like, it's it. it that that's it's very much a compliment to Michigan that I'm roughly in the same position uh, because I, I like what you said about Michigan finding, I mean, they had another leading receiver. I think you can honestly say, I mean, they've had Cornelius Johnson, Eric, all Andrew, Anthony, Roman Wilson, Donovan Edwards, Hassan Haskins. Um, uh, forgive me if I'm forgetting someone else that has been a leading receiver so far this season. And, and it just, it, it really does seem like they've got eight or nine different weapons. Now they haven't all shown up every week. That's I, I give Ohio state a lot of credit that they have legit superstars. Whereas Michigan, I think they have a lot of potential stars who seem to, to come up in pockets here and there. Um, I think that's, that's kind of how I would describe their offense. I mean, you know, Hassan Haskins, Blake Corm, you could argue they've been, stars but but i think michigan finding a whole new wrinkle with edwards uh and then and then kid mcnamara continuing to look like a progressed quarterback he got so much flack early on in the season and and you look at his last few games he's been he's been exactly what michigan needs um i mean you could argue as you i think you've made this argument 
biggest matchups of the year or, or against the road teams at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Penn State, at Michigan State actually as well. I mean, he's he's been sharp. Uh, they didn't lose to Michigan State because of Cade McNamara's 386 passing yards. And so um, suddenly you kind of look at this team and, and I don't – we're not, I don't say this to necessarily uh, provide false hope, but if you compare this team to the 2016 and 2018 teams, I think Michigan actually come, this current Michigan team actually comes out looking pretty good. I think that they have, I would argue they have a better passing attack than they did both of those seasons. I think that they have a better pass rush than they did in 2018, probably not 2016, but. Um, I think they have a better rushing attack than they did in those games. You know, I, I don't think Michigan wins if, if next week is a shootout. But I do think they have an offense that can, that can put Ohio State on its heels. And I, I don't think that they had that in 2016 or 2018. And the reason I'm bringing up those two teams is because I, I want to ask you, Steve, all three of those teams had 10 wins. Now, we haven't seen this current team play Ohio State or a bowl opponent yet. But from what you've been able to see, which, which of those three teams, or is the 2021 team better than those teams yet? Are, are you not so sure? Or are there some, some deficiencies that you're still, you still want to see them correct before you could put this team ahead of those teams? Because the fact is, this team, I think Sam posted on our board, and I, I'm in the same boat, the Rose Bowl is the floor for this team by, based on everything I can see. Now, I think... Wisconsin could technically bump Michigan out of the Rose Bowl if they if they won the Big Ten. But, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's, that's probably going to Pasadena if they lose. And so I'm curious, where do you think this team compares to the 2016 and 2018 team? You're thinking about coaching, thinking about offense, defense, what they're able to do. All three teams were quite good. I don't think we're here to, to, to diminish any of them, but... Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by your thoughts because I'm kind of thinking this 2021 team might, if they faced each other, might have the edge. It's hard to say this team's better than the 16 team, though. I mean, there was a lot of talent, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. You're talking about, what, six or seven guys at least that are still in the pros, especially up front, Taco, Wormley. I don't know if Ryan, I don't know if Glasgow is still in the pros. Mo Hurst. I don't think he is. I don't know if no. Charlton is either. Uh, I think he's, you know, uh, Taco's with uh, Pittsburgh right now. Okay. He just got signed a couple weeks ago. But uh, Jordan Lewis, mm-hmm. Delano Hill, you know, really almost everybody in that starting lineup at least played in the NFL at some point. You know, Ben Gedeon, Channing Stribling had a cup of coffee there. Even Brandon Watson. Uh you know, I mean, that's tough. I offensively, I, I, I like, I think Michigan is just more. Yeah. I think they're more well-rounded. I think they're offensively, they're a better unit, you know, but that 16 defense, um, but they have 20 tackles for a loss in that game against Ohio state, something, some outrageously insane number. The 16 defense numbers were insane almost every game, but you're absolutely right. There was a pass rush. There was definitely a lot of tackles for loss in that game. Right. So hard to, I, I, I guess I'd probably still take the 2016 team as of right now. And which the fact that we're even talking about this again, we know Hutchinson won't be back. It's probably Ojabo's not going to be back with as high as his stock is rising, but this is a much younger team though than the 2016 team was. So, you know, it's, a good conversation to be having if you're a Michigan fan talking about the future. So, uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would take the 16 team in that conversation and uh, you know, really just, you know, Michigan's got to show up and they have to, this team, this team has to play their best game of the season. That's one thing Michigan has not done against Ohio state is we talk about the 18, cause I, I think the 18 team would be third in that scenario, but ironic, ironically enough, they were the, the one of the three teams that was favored against Ohio state going into that game. Um, you know, but, but yeah, so 
I would take 16 over 21. Probably by a decent margin. I know statistically Michigan's defense has been really good this year. I just can't get, I can't, you know, it's hard to forget all the talent they had on that, on that defense was just, uh, you know, outrageous amount of talent. So in terms of beating Ohio state, this team is this, this current team is by far the healthiest. You know, I think 2018, I mean, they had two first team, all big 10 defensive ends with dislocated shoulders. They had, you know, in 2016, Wilton Spate had his collarbone injury. They clearly played a role in that game. This team, I mean, you know, I guess we'll see with Blake Corum that that's really the only major mystery. Uh, but everyone else is healthy. It seems like, uh, it's, especially in terms of their top players. So um, that is one thing that, that this current team has that those other teams didn't have when it, as it pertained to the Ohio State matchup. I'm with you. 2016 defense, arguably one of the best. If you compare to, like, if you factor in the, the era of college football, one of the best. But the one thing that, that stands out to me, and you're welcome to disagree, Steve, I don't think this team loses on the road at Iowa in, in that 2016 game. I, I Maybe I'm wrong, but... I think this this current Michigan team has just that that mental edge, especially offensively. And and you know, defense wins championships is the quote. But if you look around college football right now, you do need an offense. You need a you need a great offense to be a great team. Um, and I think I don't know if Michigan has like a top. I wouldn't say they have like a top ten offense or anything. But but they have a. I think this offense is a lot better. I think that there's more NFL draft talent. Part of it, Steve, you know, you mentioned you kind of use the draft to compare, but then you also know and and that, that this current team is just younger. There could be this defense could feature a lot of future draft picks. They just aren't they haven't been included in mock drafts because they're not old enough yet. You know, someone like Junior Colson, I think Mozzie Smith has all Big Ten potential. You know, Christopher Hinton, um, I think Rod Moore is someone that, you know, he's just, he just started. We don't even know how good he is, but, but I've really, I really like some of the plays. So I, I think I still take 2016's defense by, by quite a bit, but I, I think this team has a little bit more balance. And I think the one thing that, that is intriguing to me heading into this game is I think this team keeps getting better. I, I, I can't say definitively that the 2018 and the 2016 teams were peaking at this time of year. They were winning, of course, but but 2016 they they were kind of limping into that game, and then 2018 um, they were they were looking a little bit more impressive. But it was it, it's hard to tell in retrospect. You know, were they playing the right teams at the right time in that winning streak? Uh, so I, I think this team's got a little bit more moxie and mental edge. And then obviously one big factor that we don't know yet is. Does this year's team have the coaching that that maybe can outduel Ohio State in a chess match, like the 2016 coaching staff did? You could argue. All right, we're going to hit a quick break. Talk a little bit more about this matchup on the other side. You're listening to the Wolverine 24/7 podcast. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
sure to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. Uh, Steve, the, the players were, they did not hold back. They, they, I mean, they were extremely fired up after the game, talking about how excited they are for this matchup. Uh, some of the quotes, you know, I think Michigan, this, this year's team has not been super quotable, but, but they were today. Uh, what's your assessment of, of the, well, I guess not what's your assessment. You and I, have often said that that one of the major goals for Michigan and maybe the expectation for Michigan fans in terms of is, is the team that they're watching a good team is if they can go into the Ohio state game with everything on the table, talk a little bit about the, the significance of that. And, and I guess the value of that having seen some of these quotes and seen what the players had to say after the game. Yeah. I mean, that's, to me, and, and it's, I mean, it's changed a little bit, right? You know, because I mean, I know growing up, that's really what, if if the third Saturday or whatever Saturday in November, you know, if it was for the Big Ten Championship, then it was a successful season for both teams because at that time, like earlier, you know, back in the day at this point, you got to call it back in the day, I guess, um, you know, it was it was more evenly matched rivalry and uh, it was a lot of hatred and stuff still, but it was like a little bit different than it is now, as far as like uh, you just kind of tip your cap a little bit, you know, knowing, you know, it's usually a top 10 matchup. They were the two best teams in the big 10, big two, little eight, or, you know, whatever they used to call it. Uh, Now it's, it's still like, yeah, I mean, to me, this season is already a success for Michigan. I, I I don't know how you can't say it is when literally nobody was picking them to be in this position. That doesn't mean I yeah, the, talk- the over under win total was seven point five. Right. Just would maybe say again, I was the only media member to pick them to win more than eight games this preseason. Um, you did walk it back on this podcast, though. <laughs> No, I thought I step, thought I stuck at nine and three. I thought I said Nebraska mm. was the trap game and that it could go either way. No, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to check the tape on that. I'm pretty sure you came to the same conclusion I did because we both game by game were like nine and three, but then we both said they probably lose one more along the way. So it's okay. You you were right though. That it's documented they, somewhere that I said nine and three. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thanks. And you predicted thanks. a bounce back season for sure. Right. So I mean, okay, whatever. I'm not trying to. I am a little bit, but every uh, podcast, there's something that, that you were right about that you need make sure just, you remind the listeners. I just like to, for people, you know, pay a little bit of attention, listen to what we have. To, like, I feel like we're, usually... I think, I think we were right about Donovan Edwards. I don't remember exactly what we said, but I have that feeling inside me that I think I said something. We, we talked about him pre like, yeah. heading into the game was that we wanted to see a little more Donovan to see what Donovan Edwards could do. I don't think we anticipated it being a, a PPR no, yeah. you know, like start type <laughs> game at running back, but either way. Um, but no, I mean, it's the rivalry has been so lopsided, you know, that I just, it's, it's hard to like, it's a, uh, you know, expectation normally should be to win this game if you're Michigan, but it, it's, it's fans are jaded. You know, like I said, two weeks ago, like, Ohio State played two good defenses back-to-back in Penn State and Nebraska. Both games, they won by one score. They're not – what are they uh, – he bleeds. He's a man, you know, like in Rocky when they when they cut Drago, when he cuts Drago. You know, it's like they, they're, yeah. they're people. 
Um, it's just because it's become so lopsided. It's it's almost as if are if you're if you're reassessing what a successful season is at Michigan. Are you are you basically, um, you know, are you are you uh, just admit it, admitting that the, the Michigan program is not in the same spot as Ohio state. And it, it hasn't been, but that's just hard to kind of, to say that uh, going into the weekend. So, you know, but like I said, I, 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 my thought going into the year was that Michigan was a lot more talented than the, the same idiots who thought Michigan state should be ranked ahead of them in the, in the playoff rankings. Uh, you know, it's like, they're much more talented than, than what those people thought they were and that a real, that they had a legitimate chance for a bounce back season. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson became like sort of became one of the Bosa's like they talked the off season before, and there was a lot of ridicule about it. He pretty much became that this season and Michigan got what I think Harbaugh has really always been looking for at quarterback is uh, stability, but somebody who doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, yeah. particularly in key situations. So, you know, once you get to 10 and one, it, you, like, I think we talked about this heading into last week's game, you know, it's like, okay, well, Michigan's got a better record than we thought they'd have. Well, now like you can change expectations in the middle of the season. Um, to me, I mean, if you're a Michigan fan, again, I, I understand Ohio State's going to be favored probably by what are we going to, what are we going to say? Like nine or 10. I think I saw an early one for 7.5, but okay. I, I think it would go up to 9 or 10. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously hardly anybody, if anybody, is going to be picking Michigan to win this game. But if you're a Michigan fan, I mean, I think you should go in with the expectation that Michigan uh, can win this game. Now, Ohio State has lost. Obviously, they're not the same team they were when they played Oregon. But like I said, you know, Purdue's defense sucks. Michigan State's defense sucks. Like, those are not – those games were so like predictable as far as what was going to happen. We talked about even last week when, when Ohio state has played teams that have a competent defense, they have looked human. Um, so again, we're, I don't like we've talked about it a few times. We're not picking Michigan to win as of, as of now. I mean, I don't know what's going to change between now and next Saturday that um, would change that. But if you're Michigan, I think the expectation should be that, maybe this is finally the time where Michigan plays their best game of the season in this, in this game. Cause they have not done that for a long time. Maybe, maybe 2016, you know, even then though, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of mistakes, a lot of things that they hadn't done all season, which then brings you, we talked about the Michigan state game. I think, you know, your big thing was after rewatching was that Michigan made a bunch of mistakes in that game that they hadn't made all year. That seems they haven't to be the, made sense, right? Yeah. And that seems to be the type of thing that kind of creeps in in these games, you know. And it, it, it almost feels like if, if they can just not do that, then they're really going to have a shot. But because history has sort of said they've, you know, history has shown not not uh, said that 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 this is kind of what happens with Michigan in these big games, you know, it makes sense to to go in with a little bit of skepticism. But again, I think you know ten and one. It is a successful season, but it's, you know, this could be more than that uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, what's what's the Jim Harbaugh quote? More is more. I think he actually said that about having an eighth child, but uh, <laughs> but still, I mean, more wins is more wins. I, I, I don't think fans necessarily need to like if they want to guard themselves, that's fine. But if you want to root for your team, I think that's fine, too, um, and expect a win or hope for a win. Because I think I think Michigan has absolutely had a successful season. You look at history, um, this is a good team. They're going to finish, no matter what happens the rest of the way, they're going to finish probably in the top 12 nationally. It's certainly the top 15. Historically speaking, that is a, a successful season, period. Uh, more successful is more successful, though. And, and, and that's, that's where I get really curious. I think, I think a story I'll probably uh, write tomorrow once I get back to Ann Arbor is, is kind of I'm – I'm very intrigued by, by the mental side of this matchup because Jim Harbaugh even said it in the postgame press conference today that they've been preparing for this since January. 
and, and I think the quote he used is now it's time to bring that preparation to life. That is not something he said previously. He's always, everyone says that he didn't take the rivalry seriously. He's always taken it seriously. He's always said they're doing something every day, but that's, that's someone that, that is, is kind of on a mission a little bit more than maybe previous seasons. And, and I, I, genuinely now at this point buy into the different culture the the increased positivity the increased grit um but then also i think just the mental uh steadiness mental stability Cade mcnamara talked last week i asked him about um i guess dealing with the flack that he's gotten all season from from even fans uh he talked a lot about the neutral mindset and i i I think it didn't show against Michigan State necessarily. I understand. But I do think this team has a little bit more mental composure. I, and when I say that, it sounds like past teams didn't. But it is really hard. It is super hard when your rival, your most hated rival, is also an extremely good team, a better team than you are. It is so hard to go into those games so revved up, so ramped up, but then also having that creeping sense of doubt in the back of your mind. It's such a, I'd, I'd love to hear a psych, a psychologist thought on like, what do you do when you hate a rival so much? You're so sick of losing to them in a game of football, you know, a very physical tough game with so much riding on it. And then something goes wrong. You know, I, I, I still think there's a chance that that happens. I think this team might be a little bit more built for that. You know, you mentioned, Cade McNamara's ability to avoid turnovers and sacks and negative plays. I also think he's got a little bit of that grit and that fighting spirit that Jim Harbaugh has been looking for at quarterback. I, I think he's, you know, we, we joke that people talk about him like he's this three-star walk-on type player, but he kind of carries himself in that way. You know, he, he kind of has that chip on his shoulder whenever, whenever he speaks publicly. And so, um, you know, I think him, I think Haskins, Aiden Hutchinson just wrote a story about how his work ethic and his, his commitment, not too often a, a surefire top 10 pick grew up dreaming of playing for the college team and not necessarily like, like Aiden Hutchinson, all the goals he wrote down in his house growing up were about playing for Michigan, not playing in the NFL. I mean, this is, this could not be more personal to him. And so I think they've got, you know, the, some of the leaders they have. Josh Ross is in a similar boat, by the way. But I think they've got a lot of people ready for this mentally. Um, I think the big question will just be, at some point, Ohio State's going to deliver a sucker punch early, right? You know, it's going to be some over-the-top throw. It's going to be some g- gigantic passing play. And, and all the fans and all the media people watching are going to be like, here it comes or, or something like that. Does Michigan start to have some doubt creep in when that happens or, or, or can they really honestly hit the reset button and focus on the next play? We're going to preview Ohio state more in depth later this week, but Steve, any, any additional thoughts on this matchup and, and kind of not necessarily expectations for the game, but, but maybe some reflection on what you've seen or the significance of the game. One, one stat I'll throw in there, in, since 1980, so 42 seasons ago, in the last 42 seasons, only 11 Michigan teams have entered the Michigan-Ohio State game with zero or one loss. Now, they've had other teams that were in the running for the Big Ten because it used to be some, there'd be years where you could go eight and three and win the Big Ten. But, but in terms of being in the national picture, zero or one losses, it's only happened 11 times. Jim Harbaugh has played on two of those teams and he's coached three of them. Uh, it's only happened eight times since 1990, actually. And so this team you mentioned is probably a success no matter what. It can be more of a success if they win, but but just adding some numbers to that, that not, not a lot of teams in Michigan history go 10 and one. And, and in terms of the modern era, since they actually, you know, kind of reduced the scholarship numbers teams could have to increase parity since the Big Ten added another traditional power in Penn State, uh, really hasn't happened a ton. So any, any, any additional closing thoughts on, on what you saw today and, and setting the stage for this week ahead? I just, like I 
talked about last week, keep it simple. I think this game's still one in the trenches. You know, the problem is Michigan has not won that battle in a long, long time. You know, so I, I just still think this game is as awesome as Ohio State is on the outside. It really just comes down to does their quarterback have enough time to hit those guys? You know, and so, and the same goes on the other side. Michigan's off. I think there's, it's, I mean, it goes without saying, but really though, like Michigan's offensive line has to play their best game of the season and by a long shot. Because that's one way you can win this game is by keeping Ohio State off the field. I don't know how many of, of their touchdowns this afternoon were off of like Michigan State three and outs, but I know there were at least a few. You know, Michigan State sustained a couple drives in the first half, maybe. One of which was a, <laughs> I don't want to say a classic Michigan State drive, but like a they converted a third and nine by an inch. They converted a third and 17. They had a catch that wasn't a catch called or a catch that was a fumble called an incomplete pass and then missed a field goal um you know that was about it otherwise it felt like Ohio State was on the field the whole first half so trench it's it's still about trench play to me in this game you know I don't think that's an I don't really think that's an old school thought either Uh, I just I think it comes down to forcing their quarterback to think and maybe trying to disrupt his rhythm a little bit because I think he's more pr- more prone to making mistakes than uh, than past Ohio State quarterbacks have been. Yeah, it's uh, one thing putting putting a little bit of emphasis on what you're saying. Michigan all year they're nine and nine on seven drill, which is very much a trench drill. Uh, it's called the beat Ohio drill. They've been doing that all season, so that. So I think they're they're aware of it. Uh, just a matter of if they can if they can bring it. I you know certainly certainly more to discuss about this rivalry. But for that for this episode, that's going to do it for us. Be sure to check out all of my stories, our stories over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247Sports.com. Uh, I, I've got some additional stories coming uh, from my reporting in College Park, and then obviously we have a lot of stuff previewing a pretty big matchup that is that is coming up. So be sure to check all that out. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.